Good evening. It's Tuesday the 9th of May already and this is the Cheesecast and I've actually had a really good, busy, cultural, um, fun-filled and exciting week so uh, I'll try and get through as much of what I wanted to talk about as I can but um, then I've got to go to bed because it's, um, it's quite, well it's not really late but um back at work and uh yeah, things are busy. I've got lots to do. But anyway, um, something that I watched last week just after I made the um, last week's episode was a documentary that was on Netflix called Casting John Benet. And um, it, it caught my eye because it's produced in association with Screen Australia. And I don't know what made me click watch, you know, what made me choo- choose a full-length feature documentary over watching an episode of TV. But I did, and I'm really glad I did because it's an excellent documentary and it's very, very beautiful. Like The way that it's shot, the way that it's filmed and put together is really beautiful. And the young filmmaker who made it, Kitty Green, I think she's from Melbourne, and it struck me that it's one of those films that really has actually given something new to the genre, which must be really hard to do, you know, to actually find a new way of making a documentary. And it got me thinking about how wonderful it is when people who have a real aptitude for filmmaking are able to make films, and it, you know, and and their work speaks for itself, and it, you know, puts them in company with other excellent filmmakers. It made me think of, you know, some of those really important films that that changed the way people thought about documentaries, and like Albert Maisel's um, Salesman or Grey Gardens. You know, right through to, you know, what, what really Spinal Tap as a comedy mockumentary. But the film that it reminded me the most of was um, a documentary called Culloden, which is um, a film where amateur actors recreate these performances, uh, recreate these roles of the the Scottish um, Highlanders who were sort of drafted in to fight this battle that was just awful. It's such an awful story. But the film's really amazing and the way that it's done with these amateur actors sort of direct address into the camera. It just reminded me a lot of casting Jean Benet because Jean Benet uses amateur actors. Some are some are professional but a lot of them are just interested people who wanna participate in a in a documentary set in their hometown about a crime that everybody talked about. I never took much of an interest in the story. You know, I didn't really know much about the night of the the murder or, you know, the sus- suspects or any of it, but it was such a good film and if you've got a bit of time and you feel like watching a documentary, it's excellent and it's on Netflix at, um, right now. I've been watching some stuff with my daughter. Um, she... We watch YouTube through the telly quite a bit and, um, you know, in that search for that hallowed middle ground of entertainment that she likes that doesn't drive me insane, um, we've discovered that we both like watching these five-minute craft videos and doll makeovers and bed bed creations, doll bed creations. But my favourite ones that she has discovered, I would I don't know how I would have found them. I suppose I might have, but she introduced me to them. Are these called these most satisfying videos? Like, um, and so it will just be paint being mixed or ink swirling in water or 
storm in a teacup or plastics being moulded or foam or cream and pottery being spun on a wheel or maybe decorated um, sand like um, that kinetic sand and the it's just clip after clip after clip after clip of these things that are just so beautiful and textural and and satisfying is a great word for it really and it ranges from you know the industrial to the purely theoretical like pretty much people animating, you know, like just computer science graduates learning how to animate. Um, and it's, yeah, beautiful. Really, really cool. So I'm enjoying watching those sorts of things a lot. I did have a very booky week. Um, one, a new book arrived in the post, uh, Sane New World by Ruby Wax, Taming the Mind. And um, I'm, I, I realise I'm reading a lot of books about the brain itself, like about the mind and emotions and processing, I suppose, is a good way of putting it. And the Ruby Wax book is, is really good. She's obviously, she knows her subject very well. She sort of veers off into silly territory a bit more often than I, I wish she would. But that's her, you know, that's her bag. And she's a, she's, um, yeah, she's a very good writer. And, and when she tells her story, um, I like the chapters too. What's wrong with us for the normal mad and then the mad mad. And yeah, yeah, that's it. I'm enjoying that. I'm sort of about mm, quarter or third of the way through. And I did get up to the dear little township of Clunes for their book town. And I'll tell you what I got. I got a, a, a really, really cool book guide for the chairman and the secretary and it's all about how to conduct a meeting and I just thought it was wonderful it's this beautiful old book 1951 it was published in Jeff Cott Street in Melbourne and it's it's um listen to this uh not so many years ago the hours of working ranged from 10 to 12 per diem when a man knocked off at the end of the day's toil he went home to have his tea and thence to bed to recuperate for the morrow the shop assistant went back to stay in the shop until 9 or 10 p.m. Woman was not then emancipated. Times, however, have changed. No one works beyond eight hours a day, although he'd be horrified to find out, I think, An ever-growing number work less. The shopman closes up at 6 p.m. on weekdays and 1 p.m. on Saturday, and my lady has her political association and her seat in Parliament. And it's, um... And this little book, it is... It says... Uh, it is to assist the men and women who are chosen for such offices in political societies, sporting clubs, progress associations, guild lodges. It's just wonderful. And it's, like, it's, it's actually really interesting as well. It talks about chairman voting, um committees and their duties, business arising out of minutes, points of order, all this stuff that I never really thought about. But I, I did buy it because it was just a curious, a curious curiosity of a book. I also got a book called The English Housewife in the 17th century, which looks very old and very interesting. I got a, a beautiful book of Robert Burns' poems and songs, and it's like... Oh, look, it's got English interpretations as well. Where cart rins row into the sea, by mony a flower and spreading tree, there lives a lad, the lad for me, he is a gallant weaver. <laughs> oh, 
I miss Scotland. I'd love to go back. Um, I got a lovely book called Notes to Myself by Hugh Prather. Prather. And the way that, oh, listen to this. Perfectionism is slow death. If everything were to turn out just like I would want it to, just like I would plan for it to, then I would never experience anything new. My life would be an endless repetition of stale successes. When I make a mistake, I experience something unexpected. Oh. My trouble is I analyse life instead of live it. Yes, this, this was a bit of an impulse purchase, but I'm so glad I got this one. I have a feeling this one's going to be very important to me as time ticks on. I also got a, a new book from the book grocer. Oh, maybe this one was from readings. Oh, this was from the reading stall. Um, Daniel M. Davis, The Compatibility Gene. And uh, this that looks, that looks very good too. I'm not quite sure what the plot is. I also bought myself a comic sort of omnibus called Superman, American Alien. And it says on the back, this is not a Superman comic. This is the story of Clark Kent, a Kansas farm boy who happens to be from another planet. It's the story of a scared young kid with impossible powers, of a teenage delinquent with a lot to learn. This is not the Superman you know, not yet. So yeah, I think that looks great. It's still on its plastic wrapping. I will take it out of its plastic wrapping. And just for the nostalgia and the beauty of it, I got the Sesame Street Library because they had volume one. Someone was selling a volume one. And none of these things were particularly cheap. It's not like I bought them for a dollar. Oh, the piece de resistance from the Clunes um, book town, though, was three all three volumes, the complete set of Norman Rockwell and the Saturday Evening Post, all full-size um, colour reproductions of the American illustrator, artist, Norman Rockwell's covers for the Saturday Evening Post. I'm so excited about having that. I actually sat sat and had a leaf through. Oh, drop books everywhere. I shouldn't be trying to do this while I'm still doing this. Anyway, but I'm going to finish up with a quick rundown of the TV show that I'm watching, which is Riverdale. And Riverdale is a funny one because I saw, I saw it and I recognised the Archie characters. My brain recognised the Archie characters because visually, like, they look just right. They, they've got Betty's hair just right. They've got Veronica's look about her just right. They've got Archie's, Archie's, but Archie never made sense to me before. I, I must admit, when I was reading the comics as a kid, I didn't understand what was attractive about Archie. He wasn't cute as far as, he didn't look like a cute guy, but this Archie, oh my God, where did they find this boy? He's such a hunk in the classic sense and and he's also beautiful and sweet looking and it's great so but you find yourself like I find myself watching it being so so thoroughly versed in the comics and going how have they done this with Archie how have they why did they do this with Archie how brilliant what made them think of doing it with Archie because these are the things that it made me think of I wrote a little list this is in my notebook and then I will I'll sign off and say goodbye but it made me think of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. There's a name check of Steubenville, um, mental illness, rape culture, journalism, ambition, talent, sex, attraction, reputation, friendship, initiation, stereotypes, the race casting of Josie, Weatherby, Pop, the mask coming off the stories white people tell themselves. 
and all in the tropes, names, locations. I know the ultimate reference. So I'm watching episode, I'm probably up to about episode seven. It's very weird hearing my name. I did remember that there was a Hermione in Archie comics, but it was sort of, I didn't stumble across it until I'd stopped sort of, I was drifting away from comics a bit. But yeah, Hermione Lodge, Hermione Lodge. I'm like, and then to see Luke Perry saying Hermione all the time, it's just sort of spun out. But yeah, so that's been my week. Um, not a lot of cooking, but um, a very, really very enjoyable, nicely balanced, interesting life. So um, thank you for listening to me rabbit on about my week and... Take care of yourself and I will see you next Tuesday. Bye.